Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. So glad we're going to be together for the next couple hours or as much time as you can uh, be with me today. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to have a fun show. We're going to get things started with uh, my friend Patrick, who always uh, helps get Mondays off on the right foot. It's always nice to find out what happened over the weekend and also enjoy a little levity. I think there's enough difficult, challenging things in life. It feels good to laugh. And that's uh, that's kind of where I'd like to start. I do want to start with the verse right out of Second Timothy chapter three. It says, "All Scripture is God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work." And that's one of the reasons I love coming to work because I want to help myself and you get thoroughly equipped for every good work God has us to do. Because in this world, we must be salt and light. We must uh, look for every opportunity we can to share the hope that we have in Christ with others because it is a perishing world. And Jesus uh, in Matthew said he looked out and he saw the crowds that were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And he had great compassion on them. And we need to have that same sense of urgency as we go about our day. When we see people, we come across people, we should try to listen to their stories. We should find out how we can uh, minister to them, how we can pray for them, and how we can interact with them and bring them the good news because that is, this life is fleeting. It's going to be short. So let's take full advantage of every opportunity we have. And I know that we start with um, the Word of God and, and correctly uh, understanding it and knowing it to be true and acting on it. So my guest, Patrick Albanese, uh, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious uh, city of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. Hello. Uh, And and let me just start with a congratulations to your Vikings. Yeah, they did not lose yesterday. They did not lose yesterday. Um, They did not lose yesterday. Yeah. Uh, So... Not, that's probably one of the better weeks that you've had. <laughs> <laughs> There's that magical bye week, which uh, kind of takes the pressure off. It's kind of nice. It did take a little bit of the pressure off. Although, the way they've been playing, I wouldn't be surprised if there was another mark, another hashtag <laughs> in, the, in the L column. So mm-hmm. let's just give them another loss because it's been, it's been pretty, 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 pretty rough. And I, also, eight days till we take back the airwaves. That's true. So that's going to there's a lot yeah. of political advertisements that will go away starting in eight days, right? It is, uh, it, it's nonstop it's here, as I'm sure it is there. Yeah, it is. Your, your mailbox uh, is overflowing. And I wish I, you know, every time we go through an election cycle, I say to myself, remember to save everything so that you can see just how big the stack is, you know, at the end of the three or four month period that they've been mailing you stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I, I'm kind of wondering, you know, what are we? What's going to be on television? <laughs> if anything, well, know, Joe's well, Joe's break shop is finally going to say, "Can I run my ad now?" Yeah, exactly, because people yeah. do need breaks. But tonight's a big night. Uh, Justice uh, Barrett is going to be um, a reality starting tonight. 
I, I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, I saw there were a couple of senators saying, well, I just, you know, I don't like the timing of it. But, I, you know, I just don't know if there's perfect timing for I, I'm going to take that back about the perfect timing. You know, God always has perfect timing. We he just does. don't know it right. at the moment. Um, you know, I'm sure we can, everybody can point back to, aha, that thing that happened that I thought was, you know, terrible timing turned out to be the ideal timing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, as I, you know, I don't know. I watched enough of, of the hearings and have seen, you know, uh, enough, um, uh, of, I guess we'll call them experts for the time being. I, I made some scare quotes with my fingers, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Since we are not in a visual medium right now. Yeah. She's but, awfully uh, awfully smart, though. She's awfully smart. It seems to have a huge heart for, um, for, for helping people and uh, seems to just be as smart as can be. And, you know, it, it seems so crazy. I've been seeing so many of these memes coming out saying, well, she's an originalist, so, you know, she should be wearing a bonnet and, you know, in a horse-drawn carriage. It's like, okay, I, I don't think that's what that means. And I believe that an originalist is allowed to take amendments to the Constitution uh, into account as well, because that's the process we have set up. So, uh, you know, I think, gosh, you know, it seems rather appropriate, too, that uh, she's you know, a couple of years after Scalia's uh, passing, that somebody who clerked with him and learned from him and and mentored with him in a, in, in, in a way uh, and has a lot of the same philosophy is, you, you know, they always talk about her filling RGB's seat. And I say, well, they aren't anybody's seats. But if she's filling any seat, she's filling the Scalia seat. Because mm-hmm. we've had a couple other people come in, but, you know, she's more in his mold. And I, and I think that's a good thing. I always, I like Scalia, and I don't know if it's just because you know I'm half Italian. <laughs> I like Italians, uh, or if it's uh, just I've read books of his, and he seems so smart. And then he had that balanced life, you know. He liked fine dining, and he liked going to the opera, and uh, and he loved I mean, Ruth what Bader Gims- and he loved Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Yeah. Big Which heart. is you know something that. All of us, I mean, these days, you, you you know, you can be excommunicated from a group because you're not 100% on the same page on every issue. And I go, look at these two, polar opposites, yeah. and they were best friends. Yeah. We need more of that. I mean, there was that episode with Lindsey Graham hugging Dianne Feinstein, and that uh, cost them both. It, isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is kind yeah, of amazing. The people of California saying it's time for you to go because, you know, uh, gosh— how dare you get along with, you know, that's our rival. It's like, right. no, we, we work together. Yeah, we're and humans. We, 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 <laughs> yeah, we're humans. And if, if you know, it's funny how you see presidential candidates saying, you know, I'm going to get these parties to work in a bipartisan fashion. Well, how can they work in a bipartisan fashion if they're, you know, lambasted for do, for just extending cordialities? Right. You know? How are you doing today? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Justice Clarence Thomas is going to administer the oath of office tonight. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you recall, I, his hearings were actually part of where I started to move from a lot of my beliefs uh, to a different side of the political spectrum, a little different side of the of the culture spectrum, because I had never seen anybody treated quite like that. And I, I don't think I had been too involved with you know, I mean, yeah. You know, when you're a kid, are you really going to watch the confirmation hearings no. for a Supreme Court justice? No. You say, I, 
you know, I think HR Puffin stuff is on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, uh, I was working in a Hollywood restaurant at the time that was, uh, of course, extremely liberal. And so they had the hearings on d- during lunch shifts because uh, people there were very interested in it. And I thought, gosh, I, I was positive I was working with loving people. They've, they've told me so for so long <laughs> that they're tolerant and loving and that they're the only ones that care. And I, out of my coworkers and a lot of the people that came into the restaurant, we were in the heart of Hollywood, I, I, was, I was, you know, A, stunned by the stuff I saw on the TV screen. I was like, wow, they're pretty rough on this guy. But the hearing the things coming out of my coworkers' mouth, I thought, wow, that's that's kind of rough. How much do you even know about this guy? I don't know that much about him. And uh, seeing the way he was treated, well, anyway, to make a long story tedious, uh, one of the guys leading that charge was Joe Biden. Hmm. So, you know, here it is all these years later. Gosh, because we are going, is that almost 30 years now? Yeah, sounds about right. That was early 90s. Yeah. So we go, well, uh, isn't it interesting that the same people are in the news? So uh, I, I, I'm excited. I think she's going to be a great addition. I, I do, too. And it's going to be um, refreshing to have her uh, her age, her intellect, her disposition, her her family life. I mean, it's first justice with uh, school age kids. That's going to be kind of cool. First justice with a whole lot of things going on, and, and let's face it, 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 at her young age, it makes guys like you and I say, what have I been doing my whole life? <laughs> yeah, thanks for bringing how, that up. How did, she, how did she get so much done? You know, I'm, uh, I'm still working on getting to the next level at Tetris, and <laughs> she's, she's done it all. Yeah. You, know? you went to the bank funny and the say, grocery get... store in the same day. It's like, that's a big accomplishment. Yes. And, you know, and I could have actually withdrawn the money at the grocery store, <laughs> but no, I turned it into two trips. Oh, you're yeah, not that it's, bright. Uh, um, there are people like that that just accomplish so much, and you, it, it, it kind of gets rid of your ability to ever say, I'm too busy. It's like, what do you mean you're too busy? Yeah. You know, it, it's funny how that goes to you, you, even the gospel. It's like, I'm not saying that I have claimed to be too busy to read the gospel, but it's funny how I can pile up, you know, 13 or 14 books on the nightstand. Um, and the Bible is amongst those books. And part of me says, well, why don't you put these other ones down and just read a chapter? And I really wish it was more of an automatic response instead of me having to almost, I don't want to say talk myself into it, but to remind myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, why don't you read something positive and uplifting and read some good news before you fall asleep yeah. tonight. Amen to that. Instead of all these other things. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't be difficult. And yet I, I have to remind myself. Yeah. So Patrick, um, you know, uh, this is, a, today is a last and a first for the afternoon show. Uh, this is Rebecca's last day. So of all the times you've been on the air with me and, and she has greeted you when you've uh, come on just prior to the show, today was the last day. So uh, yep. you might want to say... Uh, goodbye to her right now. Well, now, if, if we go back into history, as you recall, when your show was moving to the afternoon, who is the most excited about uh, Rebecca getting the job uh, alongside you? You? That was me. Right. <laughs> you? 
Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Were you about to say that's your fault? No, no, no. <laughs> but I, when you said you, you had mentioned her and I said, oh, my gosh, the perfect fit for you. This has to happen. This right. has to happen. Right. So uh, I was all excited about it. And, uh, and you know, it's sad to see her go. But she's going to be down in my neck of the woods now. Yeah, she is. She's going to be your neighbor. As a matter of fact, a listener suggested she come to your house and broadcast from your house for the show. So I thought I that, have the setup. I know you do have the setup. <laughs> and now it became awkward. <laughs> yeah, now it just got awkward. <laughs> All right. So this is the last day for Rebecca. But at first, um, I'm going to introduce a, a couple of uh, new little bumpers for the show. I'm going to do one right now and then one at the end of our segment. So we'll take a little break. Patrick Albanese is my guest. You're listening uh, to the afternoon show with Bill Arnold. Be right back. Faith, hope, and clarity with Bill Arnold. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. My head. I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a Welcome brain. back. Patrick Albanese is my guest as we get things started. Busy week. Looking forward to uh, spending the week with you and this time together today. I always look forward to it. And Patrick, I don't know, have I ever explained uh, or shared with you this whole idea of uh, the, the faith triangle? I think I've shared that with you in the past, haven't I? Uh, well, you might have to refresh my memory. Yeah, where it's really a, deci- a, a decision-making it process where at one point okay. of the triangle, you, you read the information, you understand what the information is, okay? And then the second point okay. of the triangle is you believe it to be true, and the third part is the, then you act on it. So let me use uh, something as an illustration. Um, I believe that uh, I've read the information about smoking. I understand it to be dangerous to your health. I believe it to be true. Yeah. I've stopped smoking. Or you start and you say, I've read the information about smoking. I believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. I haven't stopped. So in that case, you would be a little bit of a hypocrite. Does that make sense? Well, I would say you're only a hypocrite. I would, I would say you're a hypocrite if you're telling other people, don't do what I'm doing right here, right now. But yes, it does make sense. And obviously you could also say in step two that you don't believe something to be true. Exactly. Which exactly. Don't, aren't we, don't we lean more towards that so that we can justify position number three? Therefore, Abs- I'm not going to act upon it. Absolutely. Yes. So if I read the information about seatbelt safety, now, there, now there's no choice because it's the law. But back before it was the law, I've read the information about seatbelt safety. I understand it to be true. I wear a seatbelt. And that would cl- complete the triangle. But yes. if you said, I read the information, I don't believe it to be true, I don't wear one, um, you know, at least you're being intellectually honest at that point. But if you say, I've read the yeah. information, I believe it to be true, I choose not to wear one, then you have at least come in contact with the information, you've believed it to be true, and you've rejected it. And I think that's a lot of the time the process people take with their faith. I've, under, I, I've read God's Word... I believe it to be true, mm-hmm. but I'm not becoming a Christian. Or I believe it to not be true, and I'm going to remain unsaved. I mean, I think that's the journey that we're oftentimes on. You read the information. Obviously, the Holy Spirit reveals truth to you. Then you can believe it to be true, and then you can act on it. 
I should have given you some advanced wording yes. on this one. I don't know. No, I'm no, sending no, you no, down no. a big I, rabbit I, hole with this. No, yeah, but here's the problem. I, I probably would have searched for somebody else's thoughts on it first. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you had given me a heads up, and, and, and so that maybe wouldn't be an organic answer, but I, I do like it. Um, and I, I think I think the area where I get a, a tad on the uncomfortable side is how often I look at that of my own personal triangle and say, and I'll be over here at step three. Uh, um, not necessarily not acting on the information that I believe to be true, that I've heard and believe to be true, but acting in a somewhat either haphazard fashion or a non-committed fashion. Mm-hmm. Some days good, some days not so good. I get that. Uh, you know, and I know we all fail, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, you and I often joke about, um, and it's because if we didn't laugh, we'd cry. We, we joke about having skinny calves. That's, uh, that's one of our ongoing 20 year jokes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in that same 20 year period, you know, the two, the two of us both know that, you know, <laughs> if you actually went to the gym and did some exercises <laughs> for your calves, they might in fact improve. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, Maybe we just enjoy the joke more than we <laughs> would enjoy having large calves. But, I, you know, I, I think it's for 20 years, actually longer, because I've been going to the gym for 40 years. I say, you've known this information. Right. And it does make me wonder how many other things I'm doing that with, especially when it comes to my faith, you know, not just a faith journey, but when, it, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't look at a big pile of things that God has requested of me. Uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's small. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I fail in that, you know, he's not, a, he hasn't asked me to go on, you know, mission trips to Mars or anything right. like that. It's, uh, but, but I know, know, I know there's a lot of people that struggle with hypocrisy in, in the church and, and people who are, are, they're saying, well, I know these Christians, but they're all hypocrites. And I wonder if that's part of the issue where people understand the, what God's word teaches, they know it to be true. They don't act on it. So it's it's really a it's yeah, a self check. How are we doing in that department? I'm asking myself. Uh, well, we're probably failing in, in, to some degree. Although, you know, I, I've kind of made my peace with. I think everybody on planet Earth is a hypocrite because we we all know the things that we should be doing in all areas of our life. You know, if somebody who's struggling with their weight knows that they're supposed to be maybe watching their diet and getting some exercise. Um, and, and, and maybe we've broadened the, um, definition of hypocrite to just be somebody who doesn't live by, uh, what they what they know to be the proper way to go about life. But by the same token, you know, I think, aren't there worse hypocrites that say you are going to do something and I will not, you know, you need to do it. Uh, I think those are the kind of hypocrites that we get up, upset with, but I, I won't hold somebody being a hypocrite uh, against them. Uh, just because I look at it, I go, well, I'm, I'm pretty easily labeled that too. I've failed in so many areas to live up to, uh, my own ideals. So I, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't, I don't think, I don't think I would let, you know, I used to use that. I used to use the thing, well, look at those Christians, they're hypocrites. So, uh, what, what good is it being one of them? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they fail. It took me a while to come to the realization that, I was just as flawed, and it's if a hypocrite was standing between me and God, then at least the hypocrite was trying to get to know God, and I was not. Mm-hmm. The hypocrite was between me and God, and I put them there. Yeah, and you're only a hypocrite if you actually stand for something, right? And then people look and measure what you do and say against 
what you claim to stand for. Yeah, I, I, the, the thing, a saying I've had for many years is the only way to not be a hypocrite is to not stand for anything. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Nobody can ever accuse you of not living up to your ideals. You don't stand for anything. Right. But, um, you know, at, at some point, yeah, I, I didn't even think it's, I, I mean, we're going to have to stand for something. I'm not saying that you're going to be, you know, put on the spot and they're going to say, denounce your Christianity. But, um, you know, life is pretty crazy and you are going to have to, uh, you know, if if things go the way they have in the past, people are going to say, what side are you on? And I'm always prayerful that I will be strong enough to say, well, I'm on the side God's on, you know, yeah. I'm on his team. Yeah. That's I'm on team Jesus. Right. Yep. You know, uh, and that's our job to always be bringing the good news of the gospel to as many people as we can, because I want that information to be in their psyche. I want it to be in their head, in their brain. I want them to say, all right, you have heard, you have heard that um, there is a plan of salvation and it involves repentance and coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And then they can uh, decide whether that's true or not for them and then they can act on it. But that's, I think, one of the reasons I have such an appetite to have, well, it's, I love my radio job because I can do it every day, but you can share the good news with people yeah. and get that information in their head. Well, everyone's invited to the party. Everyone's invited to God's party. No, not really. But. Um, you know, <laughs> well, well, you know, but I mean, you might want to RSVP, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the invite is open if you're wise enough yeah, to God's accept you. it. Okay, Rebecca, bail us out. Yeah. Rebecca's going to bail us out. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> all things are ready. Come to the feast. So if you're hearing this word right now, you are, this is an invitation. Right. Absolutely. This is an invitation. Right. So yeah, we don't have to complicate it. God no, is inviting you. He is knocking. He's ready. And uh, if just, just say yes. Yeah. Just Amen. open yeah, your I'm heart to, to his it. love. Yeah. That's what you were going to say, right? See how Rebecca says, Rebecca says what's in my head so much better than I do. <laughs> I know. I know. But it sounds better in your voice. For me. <laughs> yeah, as long as you can just maybe make an appearance next week during my little segment. That would be that nice. Would be really that would be nice. No, I appreciate that. that. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Well, Patrick, um, uh, you know that uh, was uh, when I did the morning show, I had kind of a catchy jingle. And so my my friend uh, Jameson, who uh, wrote the catchy jingle, said, uh, you know, I'll write a new one for you for the afternoon show. I'm not, I'm not going to abandon my opening music, but... I do want to uh, showcase uh, his jingle that he wrote, and I want to insert it uh, in about 20 seconds. So I want to thank you for uh, being on the show today and also just let listeners know this is just uh, a new uh, bumper that I'm, I like, I'm kind of excited about, and it was compliments of... Uh, Test. Are you friend. testing the jingle? <laughs> I'm testing the jingle, and I'm doing it during your segment because I figured, why not? All right, Patrick, why thanks. Not? What thank- have you got to lose? I yeah, have- thanks so much. Have a great day. You too, thanks. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Family focused.
right, all right, all right. It's the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. The team is here in place with special guest in the studio today, which, frankly, I couldn't be any more excited about. David, would you like to do honors? I'd love to. Well, to everyone in our listening audience, you've got to hear us reference this person before, and some people would say in life they have better halves. I have a better three-quarter, and that's my wife, Tammy. And so Tammy is with us today. Here I am. <laughs> and that's all we're going to ask Tammy to say. Tammy, welcome. Nice to have you here. Oh, I Thank thought you. we were just having it's her. fun to be here. Thank She's you. not taking over the program today? She can if she wants. <laughs> Watch my ratings go up if she does. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> now we have like, it'd be like, you know, super wisdom because yeah. we have Rebecca and Tammy. I know. I? This is a little bit of a love fest because this is Rebecca's last day. Yes. And I just had a, a listener go, no, Rebecca, we will miss you. But uh, David, you said Tammy wanted to come in and, and meet Rebecca before she leaves. I'm Absolutely. so glad. I'm so glad, Tammy. We have been honored to hear about you long distance, but it's always best to meet you in person. So thanks for coming in. Thank you. Yes. And Tammy's a part of that listening audience at a... Uh, KFNW out of Fargo. She's a native of North Dakota. Nice. Cullum, North Dakota, a Swedish and Prussian Germans from Russia community south of Jamestown. So a shout out to those guys with some delicious Coogan mm-hmm. and all that good stuff yeah. out there. So, Tammy, was it love at first sight with this guy? Well, you know, I did when he walked in. I, I looked at him and I said to my friends, I Whoa. said, was that guy <laughs> and then they said that he was dating somebody and i said oh too bad for him mm, <laughs> <Kapawi>. <laughs> and Wisdom. then it was another year and a half till we saw each other again so okay mm-hmm. yeah. all right nice. and now we have four wonderful kiddos who have grown up super fast yeah. and a cat named patches nice so, yeah. nice nice all american family i love it <laughs> yeah we haven't added any dogs yet okay well, let's. Uh, I want to include Tammy in as much of the conversation today as she wants to participate. Okay. Okay. But I also want to just touch base with something I said in the previous half hour, just because I want to make sure we make it clear that that uh, you are um, uh, that Jesus came and died for the sins of the world, and that if you are uh, being drawn to Him and you're hearing God's word and you uh, you're invited to that that uh, party, so to Absolutely. speak. Absolutely. Yeah. This is an invitation. Yes, and it, it reminds indeed. me of, of Jesus' parable about how he, how the king was sending out the invitations to everyone in the kingdom. Remember that? Yeah. He would send it in in shifts, basically. And he sent mm-hmm. it to, to you know, the, the peers and the nobles and the fine, fancy people of the kingdom. And they all had apparently something better to do than to go to the king's feast. And so the king said, okay, well, we're going to call the people that are less likely, the people who haven't been invited in the past, and the people who are lame or blind or, you know, could could never expect to eat at the king's table and call them in, bring them in, and they are welcome at this table when, you know, maybe some of the more likely participants just weren't all that interested. But they were invited all the same. But it was what their their response to that invitation was unfortunate for them. But that made room at the table for any and everyone else, the unlikely folks like you and me, mm-hmm. who don't deserve to sit at the king's table, not anyway, not know how. But we've been invited all the same. And all we had to do is come to the feast. Yeah. Everything else is ready. I was saying, David, because you probably didn't hear it because you were traveling, but that we we come in contact with God's word. We We understand it to be information that and evidence we examine mm-hmm. and then you believe it to be true or not true right yes 
And then based on that, then you act on it. You accept or reject. It's kind of the way it works. Right. And there's a beautiful passage in um, 2 Corinthians 5. And Paul talks about just the, the beauty of the gospel. And he, he makes this important point of saying, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The oldest past, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So as you're driving, this this sounds like a, a radio program to you, but it's also a ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And I love how Paul goes on to say, literally, we are ambassadors, that God is sending out a peace treaty to you saying, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, for our sakes, he made him Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And that's the important part. We don't have a right standing apart from Christ. We are sinners, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Now, what's really interesting about this that you two have touched on in the last program and even here is that then you get to chapter Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 2, and he says, Working together with him then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Now, notice in the verse before, it says that God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin in him that we might, that's a subjunctive tense, a possibility, that we might become the righteousness of God. It's like, well, why is it, why is it subjunctive? Well, working together, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For verse 2 says, for he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So God lays out that peace treaty. God lays out that invitation and the work that Christ has done. And he's saying right now, right now as you are driving in your in your car outside of Overland Park to our Kansas City audience, as you're driving right now and you're wondering, you know, I've been listening to this. That's great information. No, God's calling you to know him, to become the righteousness of Christ on your behalf. And it's not just information to be heard. It's transformation to be received through the work of the cross and of an empty tomb. Amen. Amen to that. That's what I got. We'll, we'll double amen that. <laughs> Pass plate. <laughs> Altar call. Well, when I have uh, conversations with people that they uh, are not, you know, they're not believers, and I'll often say, well, tell me about the God that you rejected. Because it really starts with their, their experiences and their information. What information do you have that you have de- you've decided, you've believed is not true that you have rejected? And if you ask about an experience or about information, most of the time they have horrible information or they've had a horrible experience. Yeah, and I think a lot of us are are able to put pictures of God on him or superimpose those on him, which are not at all who he is. Right. And that's where that experience comes in or that really negative, you know, someone um, who claimed to be a Christian uh, hurt you very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, or someone explained a Bible passage and, and taught you something about God that just was not true. Or you didn't. You were kind of picking it up as you went along and came up with all these different patchwork ideas of who God is, but you've never actually met him in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tammy, when did you meet him in person? When was your saving faith? Well, I was born, in a, born into a Christian home. Okay. So I don't have that exact date because 
I was one of those kids, like when someone, the missionary or somebody would come to town and I, they'd have the altar call or whatever, I'd be like, oh, I should do this. I should do this. <laughs> um, but I would definitely say then it was more in junior high that I made a recommitment yeah. and it started to become more real and yeah. more You were my never own. not a Christian, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good story too. I like that. <laughs> And that's a work of grace. And, you know, that's one of the things in the uh, spiritual formations class that I teach here at Northwestern. You know, we have a time where we have kids share their story. And so oftentimes, and I remember, Tammy, you sharing this with me as you worked with youth in Fargo. And someone would say, you know, oh, you know, I really don't, you know, really have that great of a testimony, you know. And it's like, no, God's grace held you. You know, listen, look, even for you who are in, in the listening audience right now, and you're up in the colder temperatures, as you drive and see cars in the ditch, that doesn't mean you need to turn your car in the ditch in order to have a testimony. Sometimes grace is being able to stay on the road and realize the things that God has placed in his life by his mercy for you. Because at the end of the day, every one of us needs Jesus. There are none righteous, no, not any. And Jesus came to save all of us from our sins, even from the the sin of pride, which is the sin that took Lucifer out out of the kingdom, out of the out of, out of heaven, as it talks about in Isaiah fourteen and also Revelation chapter twelve. And I think the time comes when we just have to be honest with ourselves about the type of God that we're serving. And that can be a very difficult thing to do. Sometimes it, what I, I forget now exactly how to attribute it because I don't remember who said it first, but uh, the idea that God makes us in his image and then we return the favor, we remake God right. in our image. <laughs> and so that's, I think even for, even for Christians, even for people who've been walking with the Lord, there are times when we get into these dark seasons or doubts or just troubled times, our spirits unsettled. And sometimes it may be, because we're putting an image on God that that is not him, or we're assuming something about his character that just is not true. And so to come back to God's word and our experience of God through his word and through our lives to say, who is the God that I'm serving? Oh yeah, he is all powerful. He is the one who made me. He knows all my thoughts. He knows all my needs. He loves me beyond my comprehension. And and he cares about me and it's going to be okay. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. He's always proven over and over again. I mean, just name and think about the attributes of God and that faithfulness, I think is something that we can rely on and trust. We can just maybe wander off a little bit into our own misunderstandings and we need to come back to the truth about who he is. Well, that's really a powerful thought because we are inclined to sometimes always want to, uh, Put our, our the, the line comes at our feet. I think it was years ago that Barta did a poll and asking people, you know, how many people think they're going to heaven? And it was like 86%. And then he says, well, how many people think your neighbor's going to heaven? And it was like 19%, <laughs> which is a slightly inflated view of self. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that even just hit me last week, I was studying there, and as I teach spiritual formation and I teach stuff on culture, was the realization last week I was sitting there thinking... You know, we have an image that's almost been, that actually has, it's been reproduced over one billion times. And that's Warner Salzman's The Head of Christ. It's the famous picture of Jesus with blonde hair and suave-like hair. I strike out because I'm bald. But no one ever stopped for a moment to think that Salzman's head is actually a violation of the second commandment or the Ten Commandments. 
of not making a graven image. And the fact is, when we look at Scripture, God placed himself on a mercy seat, not something with a graven image, but his presence would be in a seat. And so our problem can be, as one person says, you know you've made God in your own image when he hates all the same people that you hate and he agrees with all the same things that you agree with. And I think that's a that's a danger because even in this time that we're in right now, which is kind of um, kind of scary, is that people are weaponizing God against each other and concluding that some people are just anti-God and anti-Christ and the other people are anti-God and anti-Christ. But the angel of the Lord said to Joshua in chapter uh, 6, he said, look, you know, Joshua said, are you on our side or on the other side? And, and the angel said, I'm, I'm the angel of the Lord of hosts army, and I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. And his is the kingdom that we ultimately live for. And it's us saying, God, please, Romans eight twenty nine, conform us into the image of your son. Not the other way around. So that's a great wisdom part, Rebecca. And that's what you come to expect from the Monday afternoon mix <laughs> with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. And that's something that... Um, so we're going to take a break now and we'll be right back with the Monday afternoon mix with Miles, Miles Arnold and Maxwell. <laughs> double the miles, double the fun. regular host that's back now. Tammy did a nice job of taking us out at the break. That was she really, did. really nice. Wow. Bring that. It's <laughs> almost like I practiced. I know. It's the uh, Monday afternoon mix with Miles, Miles, Arnold, and Maxwell, because um, David's wife Tammy's here, so it's... Uh, the better Miles. Two for one, yeah. It's awfully nice to have ever here with us today. All right, David, should we jump back into uh, Romans 12? We, we got, can We got some more things Romans to mind 12. there. We really do, and... Um, Again, the richness of the passage for us is the call to remember to be conformed to Christ and not conformed, uh, excuse me, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And it brings us back to the importance of what are the things that we're, that we're letting into our minds. I love this. And, you know, you guys have heard me say it, but, you know, Tammy's here because she'll tell the kids regularly, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Like, what are you letting into your minds? What are you viewing? What are the things that are that are taking um, charge of your thoughts? What are the things, as one of the spiritual disciplines is, are you meditating on? And I think last time, did we talk about the, um, the uh, movie, the documentary, Social Dilemma? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. And so it's been interesting because I've talked to some other people this week who've seen it, and they've just been like, wow, that is... Incredible. I don't think we're going to get any sort of like royalties for mentioning the program or no. anything, right? No. But it'll better equip people to understand, to be more discerning of the things that they're looking at, uh, especially in this last week. Um, here's the deal. What we're talking about in Romans 12, 9 through 21, is the marks of a true Christian. And the marks of a true Christian, notice it's a true Christian is what the title says. It's not saying a true North American Christian or Chinese Christian or Australian Christian. It's saying a Christian because we belong to God's 
family. We belong to God's body. And so when I was uh, in Europe years ago after the wall came down and I was in Poland teaching English as a second language, and that morning we started singing hymns. And as we were washing dishes, these older women were singing in Polish and we were singing in English. And there was this bond that was just so rich. It was a bond that superseded. So after next Tuesday, that bond is going to continue. That's the bond that's eternal. So as we talk about marks of of a true Christian, uh, one of the things in picking back up in verse 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. You know, one of the things right now is our witness can be so great just in the fact that we have a hope in Christ. There's so much right now that is dismal and down so that when we actually rejoice, um, it's a powerful thing. Um, It's this old African-American man that I met in a waiting room when I lived in Ohio. And I, I said to him, I said, how you doing today? And he said, "Blessed by the best, best by the blessed by the best, and praying for the rest." Hmm. And he said it without any sort of kind of hubris. There was just this purity in what he said. But everyone in the room there just perked up. They're like, "Oh!" And he's like, "You know, God's been so good to me." And it wasn't like some sort of like cheesy kind of like you know I'm not being sincere, but it was really like this genuine thing. But it like literally lifted the room just by that one person's response. I'm not surprised. That's a beautiful, beautiful expression. And when it's done with that sincerity, I can see how people would, that would just catch everyone's mm-hmm. ears. Mm-hmm. And, and the sincerity is such a key piece. I think if we stop and think there's, there's something we can complain about or there's something we can be grateful for at any given moment. And I think it is almost like taking your glasses on or putting your glasses off. Um, that if you can see that and say, yes, I am so blessed. I am so blessed. That changes everything about your day, about your life. And maybe that's the switch. Maybe that's what people can see in the difference in, in whether or not we're just saying words or whether we're actually taking them to heart, whether that's, that's where our heart is. So I, I'm going to have to work on that. That's convicting for me. (laughs) Well, Rebecca, what, what you bring up is really key because there's a part of this that again, speaks to the importance of community. You know, because as as one of the guys in when we were in seminary, one of the guys in our church um, would often say, "Tell the truth, shame the devil." You know, and so instead of faking it, I mean, something about community can lift our spirits. Because Tammy could tell you, I was I had my cranky this morning, you know, and she'd be like, "You had your cranky this afternoon too." (laughs) (laughs) So, but there's something about. Even right now, I mean, like, think of it. We're sitting here soaking in God's word, sharing it. And, and I think when the psalmist says, your word is healing to my bones, it makes me wiser than my teacher. It speaks life. Those aren't just words. It's the word of God and power speaking and acting in our hearts that can change us. So it's not, it's not a bad thing that, we, that we're basically human, that we have, that we have issues I think it's an invitation for us to come together around Christ and allow Christ to encourage us through each other and through his word. That's really strong, David. You know, I'm looking at starting in verse 14 in chapter 12, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. 
Those are pretty strong words in this uh, very divided times right now. Yeah, it really is. And um, I think there's an inclination. um, All of these things have in mind to proximity, you know, because you're actually living with people who are actually, you know, persecuting. And I mean, part of the whole thing of rejoicing with people and weeping. I love scripture that is so very honest. It takes both of those um, in fold. You know, I have to say that one of the things, um, I think we all can feel this, is that when someone is very dismissive about you or even your experience, um, that can be really heartbreaking, you know. And, um, you know, one of the things is when, you know, people see other people hurting and they're just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know. Um, Sometimes you can feel that way towards a person, but if you're that person going through it, it's different. You know, we learned this um, as an important part. I remember in our pastoral duties class when I was in seminary at Trinity, and I remember Dr. Steve Roy saying to us, it's never a minor surgery for the person having it. That's so true. I mean, like, stop and think about that for a moment. You know, you can think this is minor, but it's never minor for the person having it. And even, like, right now, um, was having a conversation the other day, and someone was pointing out a trial that they were going through, and they said, but it's not as bad as this other person's. And I was like, yeah, but it's still yours. You know, it's still your reality. It's like God cares about it because, look, Our sin isn't as great as somebody else's, but Christ still died for our sin because we had our sin. We have our issue, and God lovingly draws near. I love Scripture says that he draws near to the brokenhearted. You know, that's that's a rich and powerful Savior. It's so rich. Um, I love that, David. It's so comforting right now, too. Well, then it goes on to some deep waters of... Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. So as people get keyboard commando over the next week, <laughs> mm-hmm. or what we say is keyboard keyboard courage. Mm-hmm. You know, back in college, they were talking about people would get liquor courage. You know, mm-hmm. they drink and then they decide they want to go fight an entire football team or something. <laughs> uh, not wise. Not wise at all. Um, you know, but but you know. Seek not to repay um, someone evil for evil. You know, um, I remember telling one of our kids that when your sibling is bothering you and they do something really annoying, just look at them and say, God bless you. I love you. That'll annoy him even more, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it actually gets down to those other verses where it says, you know, vengeance is mine. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by by evil, but overcome evil with good. So a quick question as we've got just a couple of minutes. I think people are comfortable in, in Christianity in America. We're comfortable with the idea of being generally nice and generally, you know, just being kind to each other and all that sounds really good. The trouble is we have so many different standards now. And it seems like no matter what, someone's going to be upset with us about something. There will always be something to complain about. So I think, David, it would be great to get some some encouragement for the folks that think, well, it seems like no matter what, I'm going to be criticized by somebody or other. How can I live at peace with everyone or live honorably with everyone when there's so many different standards and expectations? 
Well, one of the things is to make sure that your standard is Christ's standard. And Rebecca kind of said something earlier, and to be careful about confusing that uh, Christ's standard is our standard, because um, we're very faulty in that. Um, I love uh, what Dr. Ed Uzinski, who's with Family Life, said uh, one time at a conference, you know, spouses would look and say it's a 50-50 arrangement on love, except we're myopic, you know, because one person's sitting at the other end and they're looking and they're thinking they're going 50%, but they've only gone 40. And the other person thinking they're only going 40 and there's 20, you know, there's 20% and each other's waiting for the other one to feel that. So one of the things is making sure that Christ's standard uh, is your standard. Now, Jesus said anyone can love their friends. So it's easy to love the person who agrees with you theologically and politically party and all those other things. But he said, I'm calling you to love your enemies. Well, PDM, I can't do that. Bingo, you're right. And Mm -hmm. so this is the opportunity. Every part where we feel we can't do it is an opportunity for us to step into the gospel and ask Christ to step into us and help us to do it. Yeah. That wraps up uh, the Monday afternoon mix, and this is the last time the three of us will be in the same studio. The Monday afternoon mix should uh, continue with Rebecca Maxwell coming to us uh, via Skype, maybe. Lord willing. In Lord, Lord willing, willing, in the great state of Des Moines. Tammy, it's been just so nice having you here. Well, thanks for you having did me. Spectacular, too. Thank you for being here. And uh, that uh, is all for now. We're going to take a little break when we come back. Dr. Mark Muska has decided to join us, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Ask the professor. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.